0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. If we haven't met yet, my name is Lauren Lucas and I am the Young Adults Pastor here at our Mackenzie campus. Now, if you kept up to date and read your campus email this week, you would be thinking to yourself right now, I think the wrong Lucas is up here, uh, but unfortunately Tim has come down with some sort of stomach bug during the night. It was a crazy night in the Lucas household, and uh, you get to me this morning instead. I uh, am preaching at our six p. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'm preaching at our six p.m. service tonight, and obviously now preaching here funnily enough Tim and I it was a kind of free hit for us we felt God prompt us to talk on a similar topic and so I really believe that although it wasn't my plan to be speaking to you this morning God had a different plan and I believe his word uh, is gonna touch some of our hearts this morning but I would just love to pray because I haven't had much sleep uh, this so I just like to pray that God would uh, do his thing this morning let's pray God, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together as believers to open up our hearts and to open up your word. And God, I pray that you would come and you would do the work that you want to do in our hearts and lives this morning. We invite your Holy Spirit to come and work within us. And God, we just pray that you would continue to speak to us and you would continue to lead us and guide us so that we can be the people that you're calling us to be and we can be the church that you're calling us to be as well. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Well, I had the absolute privilege this week of being involved in KTO throughout the whole week, and one of the moments that will stick in my memory is when a whole bunch of kids, probably about 80 of them, were waiting at the bottom of the loft Stairs just out in our kids and youth building. And they were waiting down there because they were waiting for a whole bunch of other kids who were in the loft to come down the stairs before they could go up. And as they were waiting, they decided that they would cheer on and shout encouragement for these kids that were coming down the stairs. And so... This group of children come out of the loft, start heading down the stairs and the whole arena out there erupts with this shouting of encouragement and cheering each other on and it was just... Everyone going wild. And that night, we were at some friend's house for dinner. And I got the joy of hearing a little prep girl tell her mum about that experience. She said, mum, it was really weird, but it was so cool. As we came down these stairs, everyone was cheering for us. And everyone was shouting, go dancers, because it was the dancers coming down. And she said, Mom, it was so cool. And I love this picture of being cheered on, being encouraged, being spurred on. And I believe that that is who God is calling us to be as a church. As we gather together, one of the things that we need to do, and whether we're gathering gathering together here on a Sunday, whether we're gathering in our life groups, whether we're just catching up one-on-one with another believer, God calls us to be people that cheer each other on, that encourage each other, that spur one another on. And I love this picture. It just makes me feel all warm and gooey inside. But we also know the reality that for a lot of us, when we've come to church, when we've gone to a life group, maybe when we've caught up with someone one-on-one, that is not our experience. We may feel discouraged we may feel like people don't support us and we may actually feel like we actually don't have those people around us. And this morning, I believe God wants to remind us who he has called us to be as the church. See, how we function together in community, how we exist together as the church reflects our own faith and affects our witness to those around us. How we this morning treat each other, treat the people that are sitting next to us, treat the people that are in our life groups, treat the people that we serve with, it reflects our own faith and it affects our witness to those around us. In Matthew 22, when Jesus is asked a question, he says this, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Our faith hangs on these two things. And I know they're simple to say, loving God, and loving others. And maybe you were hoping for something, you know, deeper today, really unpacking something deep from scripture. But as simple as this sounds, these are incredibly difficult to live out. And we need to constantly be coming back to these two things, coming back to the basics, because they are the foundation upon which everything else in our faith is built. And this morning, I specifically want to talk about what it looks like for us to do life together as followers of Jesus. Because if you think about it, it should be at least marginally easier to do life together with other believers because we share a common value. We share this Jesus Christ who kind of unifies us together. But we know that that is not always the case. Sometimes it actually feels easier to do life with others outside of the church because maybe they're not as easily offended. They at times can seem more accepting, maybe sometimes even more inviting, but Jesus continually calls us to love our neighbour to love every person we come into contact with, those we get along with and those we struggle to get along with as well. And how we do this as a church, how we treat each other, how we love one another has an impact on our witness. Jesus goes on to say that everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Gandhi, the civil rights leader, practicing Hindu, he is said to have found Jesus incredibly intriguing. He read the Gospels and he wanted to know more about Jesus, but one Sunday morning as he stopped by a Christian church in Calcutta, he was turned away because of his race and his class, and he is known later for saying, if it weren't for Christians, I'd be a Christian. we probably know a whole bunch of people in our lives that may say a similar thing, that their experience of God has been okay, but their experience with people who follow Jesus has actually had them turning away from church and maybe even their faith. And so it's really important for us to consider how it is that we exist together in community. And the writer of Hebrews, he writes this letter to the early Jewish Christians. And it's almost like a pep talk for them. At, you know, Imagine the halftime at a football game. This is this pep talk, talking about how they can persevere, how they can hold on to their faith and keep going in this way that God is calling them to, not to go back to the old way that they were living, but to keep persevering. And in Hebrews 10, the writer, he strongly urges the church to consider a couple of things. And there are a couple of things that I believe God is calling us to consider this morning as we think about doing life together as believers. We're going to read Hebrews 10, verse 19, and then we're going to jump down to verse 23. Therefore, brothers and sisters, so he's writing to those who are Christians, those that gather together as believers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, as believers, we need to spur one another on, not give up meeting together, and encourage one another. And this idea of spurring one another on in the Greek, and I'm not going to pretend like I speak Greek, so I'm not even going to try and tell you what the word is, but it's this idea of irritating or provoking someone in a positive way towards love and good deeds. And I don't know if you have someone in your life that's just really, really good at Provoking you, kind of inciting you to some sort of action. And the action is most likely going to be frustration or anger. One of my daughters, we call her a button pusher because she is incredibly good at just finding those things and kind of keep jabbing at us to just really annoy us. And it's become, she, she gets so much joy out of it. It's kind of her love language about kind of pushing these buttons. And, uh, Tim might not like me telling you this. He, for some reason, has a weird thing with certain words that are used. And you would think it would be like, well, he doesn't like, you know, not nice words being used. But he also doesn't like the kids using a word over and over and over and over again. And they use the word technically all the time. And so it really bugs him when the kids say the word technically and our little button pusher just says it over and over and over and over again and you can just see Tim just building in frustration saying stop. So make sure you say it to him next time you see him. It'll be good. But I want you to flip that on its head and think about that from a positive point of view. Do you have people who are constantly inciting you, inspiring you on to be someone who is loving and not just to those who are easy to love, but do you have people around you encouraging and inspiring you on to love those that you find difficult to love? And do you have people around you spurring you on to good deeds, to all that God is calling you to do? As you read God's word, do you have people around you encouraging you to live this out in your life? Hebrews reminds us that as brothers and sisters in Christ, as the church, we are to consider how we can spur each other on to love and good deeds. It's this idea of mutual accountability. And a number of years ago, Tim and I were involved in this particular life group. And one of the things that we loved about this group is that when we first started meeting together, we all said that we didn't want to live just comfortable lives for Jesus. But all of us said we wanted to be obedient to God in whatever he was calling us to do and wherever he was calling us to go. And within a year of meeting each other, as we spurred each other on in that year, God called one of those guys to leave his full-time job and to start his own ministry, reaching out to kids with the good news of Jesus. He called another couple to move, leave their family here and move to Africa to go and serve him overseas. And he called another Couple to go on short-term trips to a very closed country to the gospel. And in the meanwhile, Tim and I were feeling God call us to go and serve God overseas to work with at-risk youth. And that group in that year just spurred each other on to love and good deeds, to all that God was calling us to, that when other people around us thought the decisions that we were making didn't kind of fit the route that looked normal, these people would encourage us and say, if God's calling you to do it, you've got to do it. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning. How are you spurring on those around you? Are you encouraging people to live out who God is calling them to be? And do you have those people around you, people that can remind you of how God is calling you to live? Do you have people in your life that are cheering you on when you want to give up, when it does feel like the narrow road is the harder road? Do you have people around you encouraging you to live that way? Have you given permission To those people, to be a broken record in your life, encouraging you to be more like Jesus and to seek first his kingdom. Hebrews encourages us to spur one another on to love and good deeds. And Mark mentioned before we have a whole bunch of new life groups starting. I've experienced this to happen in a life group setting. It doesn't have to happen in a life group setting. It can happen in multiple ways. But I encourage you, if you are not yet in a life group, this is a really good way to intentionally, another word Tim doesn't like me using too often, something with the L's, but to intentionally gather with people to spur each other on to what God is calling us to. Secondly, This verse goes on to say in verse 25, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. George Guthrie in his commentary on Hebrews says, whatever the reason, the author sees their discontinuance of common fellowship and worship as fatal for perseverance in the faith. Encouragement cannot take place in isolation. Thus, what they must do is gather for mutual encouragement. And I want you to think about what the society looked like back when Hebrews was written in about 60 to 70 AD. This is a society that has little to no contact with each other unless they are in each other's presence. We, we know by the number of letters that are written in the New Testament that letter writing was also another way that they would experience encouragement and challenge from people when they weren't able to be in the physical presence of each other. But we even know that a lot of the times that letter was sent with someone from that community to the people it was written to. And you can see even at the end of Romans, I think it's Romans 16, not a, ver- not a chapter that's preached on out of Romans that much, just about the way that Paul is saying, and think of this person and encourage this person and make sure you say hello to this person. There was this idea of mutual encouragement. And we live, obviously live, in a very different world today. We have multiple ways that we can connect with each other, but I think the challenge is still the same. Do not give up meeting together. There are so many things in our lives that can crowd the space of a Sunday morning, of when our life group meets, on catching up for that friend for coffee who's going to pray for you, so many other things to jam in that we can just kind of find it not becoming a priority. But Hebrews, just like the, Hebrew, uh, the writer of Hebrews is encouraging the Jewish Christians. I believe God wants to encourage us this morning as well. Do not give up meeting together. Make sure these times when we are gathering together with other believers are a priority in your calendar. And what I love is that over the last couple of years, although we haven't been able to always be in each other's presence, we have still been able to gather together. We have still been able to cheer each other on and keep each other accountable because of the way we have connected online. And uh, we're gonna—I'm just gonna invite Mark up right now. Would you welcome Mark as he comes up? He is our newly um, appointed online campus pastor. And uh, over the last few years, we've had a lot of us and a lot of even you today have been joining together and meeting together online. And I believe God is called, we, we believe as a church that God is calling us to continue to meet in this way. And uh, it's good to have you here, Mark, just to give us a bit of an update on where things are at with Gateway Online and what it looks like. So tell us, what, what is Gateway Online looking like at the moment? Who's making up the community of people who are meeting together?
1: It's a uh, really diverse community, actually, and as I look around this room, it's probably as diverse as this room is. It's uh, it's great to see a whole bunch of different people connecting through Gateway Online, people who uh, aren't able to leave the house, uh, and so it's great to have an opportunity to minister to those people who wouldn't ordinarily have that opportunity, uh, people who are overseas, people who are regional and rural. Uh, we've got people all over Australia and all over about 54 different countries as well. So, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, lots of different types of people um, that we probably represent here.
0: And tell us a bit more about the heart of Gateway Online. And obviously, those of us sitting in the room today are experiencing each other's presence physically, um, those online doing it in an online sense. But what does that look like, uh, kind of to do life together in an online community?
1: Yes, a good question. Uh, And... You can do community online. Uh, You can do community anywhere that you're intentional about doing community, intentional about reaching out to people, intentional about uh, engaging, about being authentic, about uh, connecting with people. Uh, And so for us online, uh, obviously we have Sundays uh, during our services and people will jump in the chat and say hi to people that they recognize and um, new people as well, um, and they'll say I'm saying a lot of ums. I'm just noticing that. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll say hello to our, ch- uh, our chat hosts as well, who will also be praying with people. Uh, so that's our kind of our Sunday stuff. But then we also have life groups. We have online life groups, again, all over the world, people coming together in one place uh, to do life together, which is really cool. And we're wanting to do more and more of those life groups. We're doing online alpha coming up this term as well. So another connection point, another discipleship point uh, for anybody in the world to find out the message of Jesus. We also have things like Facebook groups, or a Facebook group, uh, where people can, in the middle of their week, say, hey, this is what I'm doing, I'm going on holidays, or pray for me for this, or my kids are doing this at school, and it's just another way of us doing life online, the same way that you would do it in person. It's just creating ways for people to interact and, and talk with each other.
0: Yeah, it's good what God is doing through that community. I have even been journeying with a young adult who can't physically uh, meet with us uh, in this season of her life, but is joining us online, and she just every week is there, and it is such a blessing to her. And that story is repeated multiple times for multiple different reasons, and it's exciting to see what God is doing. As I mentioned before, um, at our AGM a couple of months ago, you were uh, affirmed as the gateway online campus pastor and uh, as we head into term three we're going to uh, have a, a launching of our online campus as a campus uh just let us know how can we pray for you and uh how can we sitting here this morning or even those online get involved to be more a part of gateway online
1: yes yeah, a good question uh You can pray for me in any way you like. I I need wisdom and guidance and creativity. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm making all of this up as I go uh, with people around me, which is fantastic. But, you know, we we just have a longing and a passion to reach people where they are. And so, yeah, you can be praying for me to uh, have great encounters with people. You know, we have opportunities where people are emailing us and saying, hey, we need prayer for X, Y, and Z. People we've never met and never had contact with Gateway. Uh, Pray that I would have the wisdom to uh, be with them in their moment of need, but also help them to take further steps toward Jesus. Uh, You can pray for my family as we adjust to this uh, new season of life with Eden uh, ministering in our own way as a worship pastor. Uh, And I guess the way that you can be uh, engaged is... There's actually there's a huge amount of things you can be doing if you're sitting in this room to be engaged. Um, you can jump in uh, on a prayer. So we're going to have a season of prayer. As we lead into launching Gateway Online as a campus, we're going to have a season of prayer. Uh, and uh, you can jump in and let us know that you'd like to be a part of that. You can email me if you like, mark at gatewaybaptist.com.au, and we would just love to get you in these places because I know that there's a whole bunch of you. You just love praying for us as we reach more people in a different way. Um if you're online, I encourage you, jump into community, uh, whether that's, you know, in a small way in the chat right now or joining the Facebook group. Jump in a life group. Let us know that you'd like to be in a life group. Let us know that you'd like to, uh, for, you know, need prayer or you want to jump into alpha. Those kind of things are starting points for us to get to know each other to do the discipleship journey. We're going to have plenty more opportunities after services where we jump in Zoom chats after a service and just get to meet each other more and more and put a face to a name in a chat Uh, and and we've got plenty more opportunities where we get to uh, just meet each other and and do that community together. But yeah, we would love to be partnered with people in the pews at McKenzie and people online as well.
0: Awesome, Mark. Well, I'd, I'd love to pray for Mark right now. So uh, let's uh, reach out a hand, and uh, if you feel comfortable, and uh, let's pray for Mark and our online uh, community as well. God, we just thank you so much that you have been stirring this within Mark for many, many years. God, we thank you for the way that he just looks at things creatively and the... the um, new initiatives that you have placed in his heart. And God, we pray that as he continues on into what you're calling him to, that you would continue to give him wisdom, continue to bring understanding, continue to just speak to him creatively so that he can lead a team that helps more and more people come to know Jesus. And God, we do just lift up the online community of each person who's gathered there this morning, God. Each person that will gather there into the future, God, you know their stories. And we pray that you would continue to just do the work that only you can do in their hearts and lives, and that they would experience life together with other, other believers uh, in an online community. God, give us wisdom as a church as we continue to do this, and help us sitting in the room here to know how we can support that as well. God, we thank you that your word is continuing to spread into so many people's hearts and lives, and we pray that you would continue to be glorified in everything that we do. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Would you thank Mark for sharing and updating us on Gateway Online this morning? And so this encouragement is to not give up meeting together, but to keep that a priority. We all know that life there's a lot of things that life is throwing at us and we need people around us to cheer us on, to encourage us when we don't feel like we have the strength to keep going. And this is the third and final point from this passage, just simple but it's powerful. We need to encourage one another. Now encouragement to me doesn't always come naturally I'm known in my family as a bit of a whinger. I like to preface that in a more positive way and say that I'm really good at making observations. Uh, so, like, when we go on a bushwalk and I'm getting really tired and I'm telling everyone that I'm tired and my feet are hurting, I'm just telling them, you know, the reality um, of what's happening in my life. But I do. I find it easy to complain. It comes naturally to whinge. I find myself... Too easily and really unfortunately tearing people down and finding the negative in things. I know I constantly need to be reminded to be encouraging. For others, this actually comes really naturally to you. And if you've ever been around someone who is just really encouraging, you feel full of love and you feel really supported. And part of what God calls us to in loving others is to encourage them, build them up, speak life and hope into their situation, speak truth into their situation. But this morning, I just want to encourage each of us to be aware of the words that are coming out of our mouth. Are they words that cause hurt? Are there words that bring pain? are they words that actually tear other people down or are they words that build up that speak life into people's hearts and situations? Luke 6:45 says, "For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of." We also need to remember that if we find ourselves Speaking words that bring hurt, that tear others down, yes, we can learn to restrain our tongue and we can choose to be encouraging, but we also need to tend to our heart. Because remember, how we treat each other reflects our faith. It reflects where our heart is with God and it affects our witness. And I've heard a lot of stories of how people have turned away from their faith because of how they've been treated by other believers or or they've been turned off Christianity because of their interaction with the church or people in the church. And so this is really important stuff for us to consider as the church because how we treat each other reflects our faith And it affects our witness. And I know even this morning as we sit here, we may be struggling to do life with other believers. We might be turned off meeting together and trying to make it a priority because of how we've been treated by others, maybe sitting in this room, or maybe others that you've become disconnected from. And this morning I just want to finish looking at three reasons that i have experienced and i constantly see as to why people find it hard to do life together why they find it hard to do life with other believers and i want to just provide an encouragement for each of us with these three challenges as well i want to note though that the encouragements come as an individual sense because Really, we can only change our own behaviour. We can hope and we can pray for other people's behaviour to change, but we don't have any power over that. We only have power over what we can do. And so the encouragement comes at an individual level. But as we each try to do this ourselves, we will find us as a church become more of who God is calling us to be as well. And so one of the first reasons that we see people not wanting to do life together with other believers is I don't feel part of that group. I don't feel like I fit within uh, this group of people in life group. I don't feel like I I fit here in this church. And so many people are giving up meeting together because they just, when they come into a place like this or when they come into their life group, they just don't feel welcome. They don't feel like they can be a part of the group. And we say every week here that Gateway is a welcoming church. Everyone is welcome. But for us to be that church, that takes all of us to be welcoming, And we have a fantastic welcome team that does welcome people as they walk in, but it takes each one of us to be welcoming. But the encouragement that I want to leave us this morning right, comes back to us as individuals, that if you are feeling like, look, I've actually found it really hard to get into this group. The corporate challenge for us is to be welcoming, but the individual challenge is this. To feel in, sometimes you actually have to lean in. See, the natural thing is, if I feel like this doesn't fit me, you actually want to retreat. You want to draw away from that. And the further you get away, the harder it is to feel in. And so it actually feels unnatural, but you need to continue to lean in, even though you might feel like you don't fit in. I uh, went quad biking a couple of uh, months ago and I learnt that you have to lean the right way so that you don't go off course. And my one task was just to stay in the tyre tracks of the person in front of me and then I would be okay on the sand dunes. Way too many times I leaned the wrong way and I went off course. We actually have to lean in if we want to feel a part of the community. And as we each do that, that will help everyone feel more welcome in our space. The second reason that I see people disengaging from community, whether it's to here together, whether it's in life group or even just friendship groups with other believers, is that I don't agree with them. I know people struggle, particularly I've had these conversations with some of our young adults recently to be in a life group with people who have different views on a whole lot of theological, social, and political ideas. See, the easy option for us is to surround ourselves with like-minded people. But if we do that, we are never challenged in our thinking. And so my encouragement to us that we find it hard to do life with other believers because we just can't find that we agree on a whole bunch of things that are really important things. My encouragement is that you can disagree with people and still learn from them. And I experienced this when uh, we were living overseas and uh, we were involved with an organisation that came from a div- different denomination and we had a whole bunch of different theological uh, positions. One of them being, like, obviously I'm, as a female, up here preaching to you today, and some of the people I interacted with uh, didn't think that that was biblical. And uh, that that is a challenge that Christians have wrestled with for many years, and they continue and will continue to wrestle with that. But as I sat in this Bible study with this lady who was leading it, this women's Bible study, who I knew we had very different theological positions on a whole bunch of issues, I still learned so much about who God was and how to live out my faith from her. Now, we didn't often talk about the things that we disagreed on, but we had many chats about the things that we did agree on. And I actually think in our culture right now, it is so easy to shut off the voices that we disagree with and continue to surround ourselves with like-minded people. But God is calling us to love and interact with all people that come across our path. And I believe that we can disagree with people but still learn from them. Even just learning their perspective, understanding where they're coming from. I had this interaction with my son the other day. He didn't understand a new rule that was made at school. And I said, well, maybe you need to go and actually ask, ask this person why that rule has happened. Because you, as, as you seek to understand why, you might actually grow in your knowledge of why that's happening and you actually can grow in compassion for a person as well. So the encouragement for us is even if we disagree with people, remember, we can still learn from them. The third reason that I see people disengaging from a community with other believers as well is because I've been hurt. You don't have to go far to find someone who's been hurt by another believer all of us sit here this morning and probably at some point have been hurt by someone that is a follower of Jesus. And probably on the same side, we all probably sit here this morning ever have hurt someone that is a follower of Jesus. Hebrews reminds us that we need to spur each other on. We need to encourage one another. And as I mentioned before, this actually comes down to the state of our heart. And we need to personally continue to check how we're living out God's two commands of loving God and loving others. And the encouragement for us is to think about who are we encouraging? Who are the people around us? What are the words that we are we speaking to them? Are we speaking words that tear them down or are we speaking words that build them up? And also think about who's encouraging you. We need people around us to continue to speak into our lives who can keep us on track so that when we are starting to get filled with things that are not of God, they can continually come beside us and encourage us to live in the way that God is calling us to. Who are you encouraging and who's encouraging you? And this morning, I I would probably say most of us Would resonate with one of these three things. And I want to encourage you if you feel like you don't fit, if you don't feel like you're a part of this, continue to lean in. If you find yourself in a place where you're disagreeing with the people, remember there's still so much we can learn from them. And if you've been hurt, Firstly, I want to say, I'm sorry that that is your your experience. And God wants to sit with you in your pain. God is not removed from that, but he is present. And I actually believe he wants to bring healing to that pain as well. And what we can do is make sure that we are continuing to encourage those around us. See, how we treat others reflects our faith and affects our witness. God wants to use us as individuals and he wants to use us as we are gathered together as a church to help people come to know him. He wants more and more people to discover the good news of who he is. And as we continue to work out what it looks like to love each other well, we as individuals and we as the church will become more attractive to people. See, loving others and doing life together with other people is at the heart of who God created us to be. And I believe that God wants to continue to refine us as individuals and refine us as a church so that we can be a light to those around us, so that people can look to the ways that we are relating to others and they can start to understand the love of God. And we don't do this just out of our own strength. We love because He first loved us. And if we think about the way that God has reached out to us in the way that we have sinned, in the way that we have turned our back on Him, and through Jesus, He has made it possible that our relationship with Him has been restored. And as we sit and receive all that God has given us through Jesus, it enables us to be able to do that for other people. And so we are actually just going to finish this morning in a time of communion, remembering that we can actually love others because He first loved us. In our brokenness, when we have turned our back on Him, He still chose to send His Son Jesus To live a perfect life. He was beaten, put to death on a cross. He loved us so much that he would send his son for us so that our relationship with him could be restored. And he invites us to receive this, to experience this love and grace and forgiveness in turn so that we can show others love and grace and forgiveness as well. Would you pray with me? Loving Father, we are so grateful this morning that you would love us so much that you would send your son, Jesus, to die for us. And God, as we remember the incredible gift that you have given us in your grace, God, we pray that you would help us to love others well. God, whether that is other believers or just whoever surrounds us, God, may we be a people who know how to love God and how to love others. And God, where there is pain, where there is hurt, that sits in our own lives of where we've experienced people tearing us down, people cutting us off because we don't agree. God, we ask that you would bring your healing to our hearts this morning. That you would, as we look to you and we look to the way that you have so freely given us your grace, you would shift our eyes and you would continue to do a healing work in our hearts. God, we thank you for your presence here this morning and we just worship you, Jesus. Amen. The team are going to sing this morning and I invite you as they sing to come down the front. There's tables at the front. There's also tables at the back. And if you are a follower of Jesus this morning, I invite you to come. And as you take the cup and as you take the bread and take them back to your seats and take them in your own time, remember that we don't love others just out of our own strength. We love because He first loved us. And so why don't you, in your own time, just come down and do that. The team's going to sing and uh, take communion in your own time and then we'll all finish worshiping God together this morning. So come now.
2: My hope is built for well, nothing less Than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame But wholly trust in Jesus' name Christ alone Weak made strong in the same. hide his face.
0: for the gift of grace that you have given us. God, we were not deserving, but you still lavish your love upon us. And God, we thank you that Jesus came and lived a life, a life that we can look to and learn from. And that through his death, our relationship with you can be restored. And God, as we continue to experience your love and grace, may you And grace to give to others that whoever walks across our path this week, God, may we be able to step out with love and grace. May you stop us from saying anything that would hurt or tear down, and may you fill our mouths with words of life and truth and hope. God, where we feel afraid to enter back into a situation where maybe we have experienced hurt or we haven't felt included, God, give us courage to continue to lean in. And God, where we've experienced division amongst friends, God, as we continue to look to you, may you continue to grow unity within our hearts and within our community, God. we thank you that we love because you first loved us. And God, we just want to worship you and praise you for that this morning. And we want to lift you high because you are a God that is worthy of all of our praise, all of our attention and all of our affection. So God, we worship you this morning. Amen. I encourage you to stand with us. We're going to sing out the rest of this song. I know we've already uh, this morning. Mark has already given an opportunity for us to receive healing from God this morning. But I actually believe there might be a few other people who it's not it's not a physical healing that you need. It's actually just an emotional one. That there are some people here who have experienced either great hurt, even a small hurt, from other believers. I actually believe by His Spirit this morning. Jesus wants to come and bring a healing to you, a healing that will enable you to continue to step out into all that God is calling to, you to us to. So I'd like, I'd like the prayer team to come back down at the front. And just as we sing out the rest of this song, if that is you this morning, if you know that there is a part of you that is just hurt and really struggling, to be in Christian community because of a pain that you've experienced. I believe that by His Spirit, Jesus wants to bring breakthrough, bring healing and start to do a work in you that maybe even you thought wasn't even possible. But through Him, is possible this morning. So we're going to continue to sing and I invite you just as we sing, if that's you, come down the front. Our prayer team would love to pray and love to listen to God as to what He might want to say and encourage you with this morning. So let's continue to sing. in online, in the chat, or as you go out and do community with each other this morning. Consider how you can encourage one another today. Just one person. What does God want to speak through you An encouragement to someone else this morning? Great to join with you. Our prayer team will still be down the front if you would love prayer for something and we will see you next week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and would love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through those doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.